Figuring out family. It's Thursday. You know what that means. We're potting, baby. Super thrilled, super pumped to have had the opportunity to host Ben Boscovich. He's a contributing editor at Esquire and creative slash editorial consultant. Uh, I'll link all of his contact information in the show notes, but this episode's all about menswear and golf, you know, things that uh, are trending right now in the world of fashion and golf up and coming brands, uh, style tips, do's and don'ts on and off the golf course. I mean, Ben's got great style. Um, you know, he comes from the world of menswear at Esquire. So he brings a interesting perspective. I mean, fashion is life. We put on these clothes every day. It's an important part of life. And, you know, he gives us a lot of gems on how to kind of level up our game how to look better on and off the golf course. So Ben, thank you for shedding light. Thank you for giving your perspective, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I learned a ton from you and I look forward to experimenting with different styles on and off the golf course moving forward. If you're a new listener, welcome. My name is Daniel. At the end of the day, my mission is to get into your rotation of podcasts each week uh, or for the week, excuse me. If you're enjoying these episodes, please give me five stars on Spotify or wherever you're consuming these podcasts. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Again, shout out to Ben. Check him out. We'll link all of his episode or we'll link all of his contact information in the episode notes. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. And here it is. All right, Ben Boscovich, how's it going? It's going well. How are you, Dan? Doing well, dude. So I heard a quote the other day. I don't know who said it. Could have been Seneca. Could have been uh, some other philosopher. But he said, look good, play good. I've heard that one before. And that's a quote I live by, dude. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because you're like the fashion man. So, dude, I'm just pumped to have you on. Oh, thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. And I uh, I do believe in whoever said that uh, I'm in line uh, in more nuanced ways than <laughs> than maybe I need to be. Yeah, for sure. So, so just to get, give some guys some context into you and like your career, who you are, like, what's your elevator pitch, man? Who are you? Like, what are you about? Um, so yeah, I live in Brooklyn, New York with my wife. Uh, I'm 34. Uh, I went to Penn State University for journalism. I always wanted to write for magazines. Uh, I wanted to write for Esquire magazine. And, uh, shortly after coming to New York, uh, I made some great connections and some great friends and, uh, was able to get in the door there as a social media editor. And, you know, to make a long story short there, um, I was there for about six years uh, and I ended up being the deputy editor uh, right before I left. Um, and while, while I was there, I didn't cover golf really that much. I wrote a few stories that were golf adjacent. And when we did have some sort of coverage that you know involved golf, I was the guy that would do it. But it was few and far between. Um, style was something that I've always been passionate about. You know, I, I came up in college reading tumblr and you know coming up through the hashtag menswear movement of the you know 2010s early 2010s um and so those guys that were you know blogging about menswear on tumblr were my heroes when i was uh you know a kid in pittsburgh or you know a teenager you know college recent college graduate who just moved back home and you know had these dreams of like moving to new york city and you know walking around those cobblestone streets that I see all these cool guys walking around on and maybe even get my picture taken, uh, you know, like they do. And, you know, that still hasn't happened, but I'm, I've, I've learned to be okay with that. Um, dude, one day your Instagram is pretty lit, dude. Like, I just like your style, the way you kind of curate everything. Like you could totally tell, like, that's your vibe. Like that's, this is your niche. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Uh, I've got a, I've got a good corner here. I, you know, I, I keep my wife involved in that. She's got great taste and I, I make sure she, you know, isn't cringing at anything that I'm going to put up there. So I'm glad it's approved by you. <laughs> For sure. you but dude, Brooklyn's like pretty sick. It's like Europe in the US. I've only been there one time, but I've, you know, I've been to Europe a couple of times and I like the old vibe of like Brooklyn. Like it's pretty cool, all the cafes. And like you said, like cool people, everyone just looks like kind of famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brooklyn uh, is a great place to live. And I'm lucky enough to live in uh, a neighborhood called Cobble Hill, which is sort of like a, you know, semi-historic neighborhood if you will um there's a great like italian american contingency here and um so you, there's a lot of like neighborhood shops and family-owned businesses and stuff so i i love living here and 
Um, you know, as far as golf goes, uh, you know, there's a lot of golfers in Brooklyn. I see guys walking around with their bags all the time now, especially, you know, in the past couple of years. Where do they go? Uh, Where do you play in uh, New York? There's like, there's probably like a, I would say a dozen courses you can get to that are like not too big of a pain in the ass to get to. Like, uh, you know, the first ever, the oldest public golf course in America is in the Bronx, uh, Van Cortlandt Park. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Neil Tan, who runs a, a clothing brand called Public Drip, um, we went up there recently and shot his spring summer campaign there. You know, his his whole brand ethos is about, um, you know, it's for the public athlete, the public golfer. Um, and that being like the, you know, uh, the first ever place where like anybody could go play golf um, in America. Because um, obviously in, in Scotland where, where it came from, that was like how it started. But in American golf, I don't know. Now I'm ranting about, you know... <laughs> golf history but you know that's one of the places you do can you go ever, in new york did you ever meet tiger hoods like do you did you ever do you ever see tiger hoods in uh, new york he's come on the pod dude he's he's been on the pod he yeah. seems like an incredible guy um i i've never want i, I want to hit one of his his cartons like really bad and see what it feels like but dude i'll give you his number after this hit him up or let's just freaking go out there and see him dude. oh i will i will but yeah he's a cool guy yeah yeah he's like hangs out with new york nico and all these guys Oh you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I'm a I'm a West Coast guy, so like for me to give you some context into me, like I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and in the Northwest. All right, you think of like the Northwest, you think of rain, you think of like I don't know the forest. Yeah. But what's crazy about the Northwest and in like Portland specifically in Oregon is is that's where Nike's from, mm -hmm. right? So growing up, everyone was just always dripped out wearing like you know Nikes, just waiting for the releases, like getting on the sneaker app. And uh, everything was just Nike, Nike, Nike. You know, Uncle Phil was there, obviously, sponsoring the Ducks. And you just always seeing the check. So that's kind of, like, influenced me. And I don't know. It's just interesting to think about where golf is today. You know, it's this traditional sport. But now, you know, more and more people are getting into it. And we're starting to see just cooler new styles. So, like, for you, how, how did you get into golf and like, what is your overall assessment of kind of like where we're at with things in golf and fashion style? I have a question for you first, based on what you just said. Do you feel like because you grew up in Portland that you kind of got an early taste of like the boom of sneaker culture before it went like worldwide in the way that it, it kind of has? Because of what you're saying, like you knew people that were on the Nike app and every and that everybody was like clamoring for that stuff when you were growing up like that. That really didn't hit for me until like maybe I was in college or afterward. Oh, it did? Okay. Like for me, but dude, I'm telling you, in Oregon, that's literally like all there is. It's like Phil Knight and in Beaverton, like I got to go to the headquarters in in uh, in high school, excuse me. And it was like an amazing experience. And, and that's like all I know. You know what I mean? So I, I can't really say to the other side, but for me, yeah, like I'll always be a Nike guy. Like my favorite silhouette's Jordan 4. Uh, like uh, I love the low top ones. I think those are like the most slept on golf shoe of all time. I don't know if you have a pair of I those. I don't have like, those, but... I used to be a G4 guy. All I do is wear these now, dude. They're I haven't played in good. G4 yet, um, but I've I've held them and, and looked at them. I played Beth Page Black last weekend with a friend of mine who was wearing the Jordan 1 Lowe's. Um, and he was like, man, I think these are the shoes. I, I think he and I both came out of that thinking like, those shoes rock, but not for walking Beth Page Black. You could walk a golf course in those things like cake, but... Beth Page Black is is a whole nother beast. So, uh, yeah, because is it I'm, hilly or what is it? Yeah, yeah, is it and super hilly there? Very oh, hilly, okay. and and the rough is very thick, which obviously affects the golf ball and the golf swing and everything. But it also affects like what you're trekking through. So if you're not in every fairway, which who among us, um, you know, you're kind of trekking through some fescues and high rough sometimes, and um, yeah, it can get exhausting by like the midway point of the back nine and the fifteenth hole is this par four that's pretty long. I don't know the exact yardage, but it goes like it bends a little to the left and goes way uphill, like almost like a shelf kind of hill. And you're standing on the tee box and you're like, Jesus, like you just know that's the end of your, your exhaustion point is about to hit. Um, and those last few holes are, are really tough to get through physically. So, um, you know, I don't know, you know, anyone who's listening, that's planning a tee time out there. Like, just, you know, if you're not in, in the best shape of your life right now, maybe, you know, do some cardio, jump on the Peloton. Uh, before you head out there because yeah. I was huffing and puffing. Dude, I didn't realize it was that hilly at Bethpage. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good. The first hole, the, tee, the first tee shot is 
way downhill and bends all the way almost at, you know, an, I guess like a 50, 45 degree angle to the right. And there's trees on the right. And it's just this like magnificent downhill shot. And then you're in the valley and you climb up out of it sometimes and you can get pretty hilly. Yeah. Wait, is that your favorite course like in the New York area then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's absolutely. Cause you mentioned like 15 or something, right? Or like 12 or 15. Yeah. But I think Beth page is probably like, especially if you're a New York resident, it's like the best deal in public golf. It costs, I think I paid $75 on a Sunday um, to go play one of the most iconic courses of all time. Um, you can't beat that. And it's an hour and change from Brooklyn. So me and my buddies will play anytime we can get a tee time. You, you have to get on there a week in advance and or five days in or yeah, a week in advance if you're a New York resident and, and get the tee time. So we'll go up there, but if not um, within like 20 minutes of, of my neighborhood here, we have, um, Diker Beach, which is a, a public course down here. Um, on Staten Island, there's uh, Silver Lake, which is a cool little track. In Queens, there's Forest Park. Um, there's Marine Park um, down in Marine Park uh, in South East Brooklyn, um, which is about a half hour drive from my place. But um, it's a really nice, nice layout um, and probably one of the more popular public courses around here. And then you have Van Cortland in the Bronx. Um, there's a place called Clearview. Um, so there's not a, a ton of like lush greenery around here. Um, you know, I was talking to people recently about like the idea of whatever your handicap is in New York, you can subtract a few, maybe when you head to Arizona, you know, where the, the air is a little thinner and, and, uh, you know, the roughs, uh, not as, not as thick and, uh, there's there's grass <laughs> and as well, there's dirt patches and some of these courses here in New York and it I think that's part of the grit and like the the character of of New York City golf I know like all my golf buddies out here like we embrace it and we love it and it, it's most important for us to really support those courses and and keep them in business and they're booming now you know more people in the city are golfing than uh, probably ever before at least that I I had ever seen um, so it's good that they're, they're getting an influx of cash and they're going to be able to like beef these public courses up a little bit and, and make them really nice. Right. Are they all pretty much like privately or excuse me, like owned by the city of New York? There are a few. I'm in San Diego and, and like you had you'd mentioned Beth page, right? Like one of the best deals you can have. We have that in San Diego with Tory Pine. So if you're a resident, you can pay like 20 bucks a year and get this resident card and you can go to Tory and play similar pricing probably. Like seventy five bucks, whereas if you were someone coming in, you'd pay like hundreds of dollars. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a steal. But those are city courses. So like, is it similar in New York, or it, is it kind of a different vibe? Only like at the like by the city. Bethpage and um, Montauk Downs, which is out on Long Island, um, like in, in a you know vacation mm-hmm. spot at the end of the island. Um, they're state parks, actually. So that's why they have that resident. Um, non-resident situation everywhere else is just there are like city i think municipal owned courses like i think um douglaston and and clearview and ksenia those names of some of them um mm-hmm. that the city is involved in or the funding comes from there so I, i'm not exactly sure how the, all that infrastructure works but their prices are no matter where you're right. from like it's it's a standard price yeah is it hard to get times too like is it just impossible like it's, it's harder than it's ever been. Um, I used to have no right. problem booking like a weekend tea time on a Friday. Um, but pre COVID. Yeah. Pre COVID, pre COVID. And then, you know, the past six months, uh, for the most part, I've been consulting and I, I didn't have a full-time job. So the weekdays were opened up as golf days. So it was a lot easier for me. Um, and some of my other friends that yeah. left the kind of like nine to five grind for a little bit to, get some weekday golf going. And, uh, so that, that made it a lot easier and that made it easier to travel too. You know, I, I went out to New Jersey to, uh, one of my friends, Sam's clubs called Wachung Valley. Um, that's a really nice yeah. club out there. That's, that's doing a lot of renovations or had done a lot of renovations and, and put, got it in great shape. Um, I went up to pound Ridge in New York, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, that was like a, an hour and change, maybe two hours. I forget, but, uh, that's a $245, um, price tag, but it's pound Ridge. It's called. Yeah. Pound Ridge. That's worth, that's worth looking up. And yeah. if you're in the New York area, I'm looking for like a, a nice, beautiful golf day. That's, that's a nice trip. 
Yeah. No, East Coast golf is like another beast because I was combing through the top 100. That's like one of my life goals is to play top 100. And there's a ton of courses in like the top 50 to 100 that are all on the East Coast, you know, like, yeah, like, I don't know, the Fisher Islands up there. And like, I don't know, one of my life life dreams or one of my biggest dreams is to play Liberty National. Like, oh, yeah. I just looks sick to see like the Manhattan sky. Have you ever been out there? I went to the President's Cup there a few years ago um, and I was okay. I was in I didn't get to like walk the course or anything. It was like for a press thing. And then I was in some kind of like chalet that was overlooking a green. And it was just like a, it was a view that you could see like, you know, shots coming into the screen. It was a par three. You could see tee shots going out on the next hole. And then like the skyline was behind that. Um, it's a pretty awesome place yeah. to, to watch golf. I can't imagine playing there. I haven't, I haven't been there. Yeah, for sure. What about simulator golf, dude? Is that like a big thing in New York? Cause I'm just imagining, I mean, based in San Diego, I literally live at the beach, like a block away, just hanging out at the beach. But I imagine in New York, I've only been there a couple of times, like, you, you know, it's congested. I'm assuming that's a thing now. Like I've heard five iron golf is like pretty big over there. It's a big time thing. Just want to hear from like a local. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's booming here. Uh, and there's all different types of places that are doing sim golf here, which is pretty cool. Five iron obviously has its, its shtick. And, um, there's a place called Brooklyn greens. That's kind of like, it's like bizarro anti, you know, yin to its yang kind of place where it's kind of like what you would, what you would get in like a, a deep part of Brooklyn where like, a lot of cool people live and um you know they have like a lot of greens growing all over the place and it's like kind of dimly lit and they have a bar and it's kind of like a dive bar version of like a five iron yeah that's that's pretty cool um you know and then there are places that just focus on instruction like there's a place you know 10 minutes away from where i live that uh i can just go up there and get like either like physical instruction of like you know how the body moves or like golf swing instruction. Um, so, you know, it's popping up everywhere. There's a new, there's a Korean company called golf zone. Um, it's golf Mm. Z O N without the E on the end. Um, but they, they're like a huge, uh, presence in Korea. They, the guy I was talking to the U S uh, president a couple weeks ago at a, at an event. And he said, uh, there are more golf zone franchises in Korea than there are Starbucks. And they're just, dude, that is crazy to think about, right? Holy think about shit. that for a second. Yeah. Like, first of all, okay. that it's, it's, it's grown so large in Korea that it's a franchisable entity. Now like you can franchise it the same way you can franchise a subway or a Starbucks or Seven yeah. Eleven. Like it's it. And there are more of them than Starbucks and they're just starting to launch in the United mm-hmm. States now. Um, and I think there's, so they have one in, in, an hour, like a couple hours north of here, uh, in upstate New mm-hmm. York, uh, that's in like a mall basically. And then there's one in Brooklyn yeah. in, um, downtown Brooklyn, um, opening up, I think in the fall or something. I don't know if they, they released a date yet or they told mm-hmm. anybody, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah. they're, they're going to have, but like, I love that. Cause to me that makes golf like more accessible to the, the average person. Cause I'm just bullish on the game of golf. Like, doesn't matter what it is. Like if you have a golf club in your hand and you're hitting a ball, whether you're going into a simulator at a range or on a course or top golf, like I think it's all connected in some way. But to think that, you know, you can go to those events and like have a good time with your buddies, like that to me is what the game of golf is, is I've yeah. like, transitioned and gotten older. So I love to see that. And one of my buddies, Sam, was like, he's actually from Korea and was telling me that they had like the most golfers per, per capita in Korea compared to any other country and it's huge and it's just cool to see how global golf is now too and like speaking of globalization like they have different styles too like malbon's huge there i want to say there's like 13 malbon stores or something in korea alone like it's just blowing up man like it's just cool to cool to see yeah malbon's everywhere and 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 deservingly so because you know that was a brand that was really a pioneer in like uh you don't have to always dress the same way out there like here's maybe right. a little bit of like stoner flash for you to add out there to let people know that you've got like you know 10 percent punk in you even though you know how to like behave yourself on the golf course uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of right. steve malpin and, and what he's built there i think yeah. it really it really you know paved the way for a lot of what we're seeing right now is he a, he's like a fashion guy though like he comes from like, I don't know much about Steve. I don't know much about like, his background. Is he, 
I've yeah. chatted with him a few times, but I don't, I don't know much about his background. I just, I'm, I'm just such an avid, um, at least visual consumer of like what's coming out and right. what I can buy. I don't buy everything because, you know, I, I live in a small <laughs> Brooklyn apartment, but, um, yeah. I buy as much as I can and, and I'm obsessed with like everything that's coming out. So I'm, I'm really familiar with, with, you know, his work over the past few years. Yeah. No, that golf little golf ball is pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the a little uh, logo. Buckets S. Thompson when he's got the like the bucket hat on. Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson reference. I like that one. Yeah. So it's cool. So I want to dive into you, man. Like you talked about kind of moving into you know New York and Brooklyn. Like, what's your story? How did you really get into golf? And like, when did you start to see that passion like come into your life? Yeah, I. I started playing golf when I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Uh, my dad has played golf since he was about that age probably as well. And, um, you know, golf was always around me as a kid. Um, you know, we didn't belong to a club, but, um, he was, you know, we were putting in the living room every night. And, uh, once I learned how to play, he was taking me every weekend to go wherever we could. And often it was with family. You know, there was a place about an hour South of us that, uh, my grandfather and my uncle and, and my dad and all their buddies from, you know, the hometown they would play. And it was, you know, this course was, um, you know, not going to make any golf digests top 100s to, to put it lightly, but, uh, there was a sense of community there. And those are some of like my fondest memories of growing up. So that's, that's how like the seed was planted with golf for me. And I, I played a little bit in high school, um, went on to college and, and, I kind of fell off of the game because, um, you know, I went to Penn state university and they, there's a golf course on campus. Um, but I don't know what was wrong with me. I didn't take advantage of it as much as I should have. So, um, you know, I left golf behind a little bit after college and, um, I would play here and there, but it was always kind of this thing that was in the back of my mind. And, and I've been saying this a lot, like in conversations I've been having this week, uh, about this kind of thing, but, for a long time, there was nobody I could really talk to about golf other than my dad. You know, he and I would have long conversations about everything, um, in golf, um, maybe not so much fashion, but, you know, professional golf and, um, you know, our game, (laughs) but it's been so awesome that we've seen this boom because like, I can get to know you and sit here and talk to you. Like we just met recently, you know, like not even, and, and, uh, we have this common interest that like, makes two strangers feel like totally okay with like hopping on the phone on a Thursday night and like shooting the shit about this sport that we play. Like that's, that's a powerful thing. Um, so that's always stuck with me. And, and when the, the pandemic brought about like all these, you know, new conversations that I could have, I really started to think about how I can marry my passions and in, in golf and in, in, in men's style essentially and in, in clothing. Um, uh, and so I, I started reaching out to some people that I knew and um, some friends that I knew were building some brands and, and offered to help them out with some stuff early on. And, and I really enjoyed the work. Um, it, was, it was really rewarding. It didn't feel like work. I was doing you know, creative stuff that I loved. And, and eventually I thought, you know, I could, I could maybe get paid for this. So uh, I made it official and I started um, you know, my, my company, which is a one-man consultancy, essentially. Um, and I've worked with some cool, cool clients along the way. Um, and so now I'm getting to work in this kind of intersection of golf and menswear. Um, and then recently, um, I started writing a little bit for Esquire about golf, um, as it's, you know, been more popular in the world. There are more people that want to read about it and especially shop for clothing. Um, you know, so I've been doing a lot of coverage of like, what's out there. What are some of the best like shorts you can buy? What are some of the best polos you can get? um best yeah. some of the best sneakers and, and that's shoes. where i found you on these reels that were like reposted and i'm like oh i've always wanted to talk like and get someone who who's like you know their strength or they're really passionate about fashion you know i had no idea they were real I, I feel the same way dude i always want to look fucking good on the course you know go ahead sorry no you got to send me some of those reels because i didn't i didn't know there anybody was uh reposting anything like that that's awesome yeah for sure so dude let's get into it give us some game man like how do we look better on the course or like, what are, let's start there. Like what, where do you see guys? Like there's a lot to cover, man. Here's, so like, here's my number one essentials. How about this? Okay, go ahead. Here's go my, ahead. I'll just give you my number one easiest 
tip. It's not the easiest tip, but it's simple to, to execute. Whenever possible, wear pants instead of shorts. I know it sounds like old school and like grandpa a little bit, but there's a, there's a functional tactic to why I always wear pants when I can instead of shorts. And it's because I feel like when I'm standing over the ball, looking down at pants. And I actually, I talked to Max Homa about this a few weeks ago. We were talking about shoes. He's like, there's something about the look of a shoe. I need to look down and like feel comfortable with like the shapes. It's, it sounds so strange. I feel that way about pants. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. if I feel taller, I feel like my swing is going to be like longer, going to be stronger. It's going to be tighter. It's a psychological thing. This, so, so is this game that we play. Um, so that's like, and Mm -hmm. I think that it's really hard sometimes to look great as a grown adult in shorts. Sometimes I I feel like personally, I'll speak for myself. Like I feel like a a kid when I'm wearing shorts. I don't know what it is. Um, when I'm playing golf, maybe something about my knees being exposed. They're out there. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Um, but this is now just like, dude. I've never liked golf shorts either. Really? They always like bunch up on your crotch and like i've always been like a pant guy you know and and when i do wear shorts i'll wear like an athletic short like viore i don't know if you're familiar with them Mm -hmm. but they're a company based in uh like encinitas so just north of me so i'll wear like a an athletic short to play in and people think they look good and i i I have some nice legs i'm not gonna lie (laughs) nice calves nice hammies but i prefer to wear pants too i just think it looks way more clean and it's like more like a gentleman kind of look and i don't know i think it's also important to be able to have like you know versatility in your closet to be able to like have an athletic look and then like a yes. gentleman look so what do you call that like how do you how do you like curate your closet or like what are some pieces everyone should own i try to really just make sure that whatever i'm buying like i'm not going to wear it just on the golf course i know that's kind of like a like cliche thing to say Um, but I'm shopping kind of for like garments first, like, especially nowadays where, like you said, you're wearing athletic shorts and going to play golf. There are plenty of public courses you can go to. And I wear like basketball shorts. Sometimes those are the shorts I will wear, you know, a pair of mesh shorts, um, with a polo that's untucked. You know, I think that silhouette kind of like falls nicely, um, versus like a tucked in polo. You kind of look like the basketball coach sometimes, you know, um, some pieces everybody should have in their closet. I think you need to have some like... I heard this thing with Steve Harvey. He's like, you got to own like a black suit, a gray suit, a brown suit. And like you combine all of them and you have like 10,000 suits. Like I'm kind of looking for stuff like that. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. I'm no Steve Harvey. Like shout out to the God. Um, I think the more solid polos and solid clothing that you can accumulate the longer you're going to get, the, the more longevity you're going to get out of your golf wardrobe. Um, I think that stripes are tough. And if all you ever wear are like striped golf polos, you start to look maybe a little bit like a little, like a golf cliche or a stereotype. Um, it's nice to mix in the stripes every once in a while. And when you like, I, my personal style is like, I like a, either a really thin stripe or a, a thicker stripe. Like when it's the gray area in between, I don't know why that, that like will bother me a little bit. And that's actually an important caveat I should make. Like personal style is all about, you know, what makes you feel good so that you can play good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, right. I'm talking about what makes me feel like I cannot worry about what I'm wearing on the golf course and just think about what I'm playing. You know, if I can feel like, I'm good on the one front and I can just focus on the other thing. And the reason in general, and I know I'm getting on, on my soapbox here that I, I preach and, and love to talk about uh, golf style and how it's changing and getting better. Isn't because I want to like say that anybody looks like trash. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to roast anybody's fits ever. Like, that's not, I'm not down for like that negative. <laughs> There's some bad fits out there though. All There's right, some right. bad ones. I dude. would say ever, but, yeah. but only on public yeah. figures, you know, civilians, like yeah. the guy I'm paired with, like, I'm not going to roast his fit more power to him. Yeah. I yeah. only have a problem civilians. with the golf stereotypes <laughs> that exist that make people think that golf isn't cool. So my, my, cross the bear is to like convince people that golf is cool or at least that golf clothing can be cool. 
Um, cause I know so many people that are making things now that, that are proving that point. So I want to tell the world about that. And I want to tell our readers at Esquire, you know, about the brands that they know and love that are now shifting into golf mode, you know, and making some stuff that works on the, on the golf course as well. Um, not that they, they weren't already, they just weren't marketing that way. I mean, I were right. this year, like Lululemon pants yes. that comes to mind. I exactly. love ABC pants, dude. Those are literally like the greatest, one of the greatest invent, dude, sliced bread, ABC pants. I've had mine for like eight years, literally, man. I have like four pairs. I still wear them all the time. Lululemon's killing it in the pants department. I just got a pair of pants from them that are like a, like a flat front cropped tr- wide leg trouser with like a stitched exterior pocket on it and like zipper back pockets that are, they, they're not technical. They're not workwear. Um, they're not like, casual they're not formal it's somewhere in between but they're awesome uh they're they're dark navy blue um and they've got an elastic waistband like those are bona fide golf pants but i wore them to work the other day too um but i I was gonna say i played probably like 12 rounds of golf in 2023 so far and i think the clothing item i've worn more than anything else is a pair of brooks brothers um corduroy pants that are not golf pants um i've just played like a lot of uh, early spring winter golf this year. And they're like the perfect pants for playing, playing in that climate. So it just, the, the point is like, nobody said those that's from a golf brand, you know, nobody said this is, this is golf clothing. Um, that's just what you can do with your own styling. If you really like, you know, try to think about your closet as like a depth of golf clothing instead of just a section of it being golf clothing. Dude, the other day I wore a Celine denim blue hat, dude. It was freaking no crazy hard like no one's ever seen that on the golf course and i just i found it at pj west it was literally on the ground oh my gosh the person free. you know isn't listening here but dude it's like a 500 dollars hat you know what i mean it's like high fashion Damn. so it's also interesting to see like high fashion brands coming to golf dude like you hear about uh like dj Khaled's always posting his lv bag yeah um and like some of these other companies like are just everyone's kind of getting into golf or like trying to insert themselves. So what's that like for you as someone who's, you know, like super passionate and just to like sit on the outside and, and see all of this take place and before your eyes. It's exciting. It's exciting. It puts me in like, you know, I think more so than ever in my career, I feel like I have like a, a confidence about like talking about this thing and this intersection of these two things. And, um, the bigger the brands that are getting involved in it, that's just more exciting for me because I, I would love to have conversations with them and, and learn about what they're doing and, and tell their, help them tell their stories. Um, I, I, that's just exciting for me because I've been waiting forever for these things to cross over. They've always been crossing over in, in my mind, but now they're, if they're crossing over in you know the industry that I work in and, and follow, then that's just that's the best of everything. Dude, it's going to be interesting to see if they allow uh, like PGA Tour players to wear shorts moving forward. Oh, yeah. I wonder. That is a a big question, actually. I'm surprised that I haven't had this conversation with anybody yet. It's all been about the political drama. I wonder what the the clothing uh, standards are going to – are they going to change? What do you think? I hope so. Because it seems like the guys on—I don't know if you ever like watch live, but it seems like the guys are really liking the shorts. I mean, I know on the—they well, said that right away, now, right? They were like, "Oh, we love yeah, the dude, shorts." Phil's always showing his cast now, dude. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> pricing, dude. DJ, you name it, everyone's wearing shorts. Oh, so oh my God. I think that we're going to see more shorts. You know, I, I, and I also think that PGA Tour players are allowed to wear shorts during their practice rounds. So I think that'll oh, yes. carry over to like the actual events now. Man, I. The thing that I'm most curious about in terms of professional golf as it relates to clothing is how scripting works with the players. And I'm, I'm, I haven't been in those back rooms yet. You know, I haven't been covering it that long, but I'm really curious what those conversations are like on the back end um, and how they end up matching those two things together and, and you know, marrying a, a golfer's personal style ambitions with a marketing department's you know, ambitions of this is what we need to, to promote right now. Like that's a really interesting tension that I'd, I'd love to, to learn more about. Um, and we saw it in full swing on Netflix with a Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I was going to say Colin Morikawa is like, no, I'm not going to wear the shade of periwinkle. Like this is too light. I'm not going to wear the shade. I was, like, I, I was so happy, man. I, that made me so proud for, for standing up yeah. for himself. Cause like, think of how many tour players you've seen out there, like wearing something you're like, Oh man, 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, who made that decision? I won't call it any names. Like but, Victor Hovland at the Masters. Do you remember that shirt? Oh, that I, I'll talk publicity. about Victor Hovland. I, I actually really liked that shirt because I think it had a cool story behind it with like the azaleas and everything. But he got roasted pretty bad. And, and I was surprised he didn't like stand up for for JL, for Jay Lindbergh, the brand that, that you know, they pay him money. And that's all he said. He said, that, oh, they just pay me to, to wear the shirts. I wish he would have, you know, stood up for them a little bit more. So we'll see how that how that works out in the future. Yeah. No, he's got some cool stuff. I mean, European guy. It's also interesting to see, like like you said, how it varies. I mean, I'm thinking of like Pat Perez. He's always wearing Jordans and like baggy shorts. And then like an Adam Scott. And then like a tiger, you know what I mean? It just varies. Like it's just a form of self-expression. So that is a comment. I've never thought about that, what that's like to, for a marketing department. Cause that's how it would work. Right. They'd sit down, they'd have their like keystone player. Like, okay, you'd have tiger or you'd have Rory. Okay. Here, here are your looks for like the 2023, 2024 season. Yeah. Like yay or nay kind of thing. Well, like, how far how in advance work? are they asking them too? you know? And then are their, their yeah. tastes going to change by the time I buy stuff all the time. Then I'll, Three weeks later, I'm like, why the hell did I do that? Oh, that's crazy. It's interesting, man. All right, well, what are some brands that are uh, like slept on, in your opinion, or on the come up? Well, if you like denim hats, you should check out um, Jane Golf. Uh, this guy, Chris, uh, he started this brand called Jane, and they collaborated with uh, Hallie Ledbetter and Michelle Wee, golf mostly, recently. And they made this like cool denim hat that just says... Um, golf mostly on it with some Jane embroidery on the side. And, um, I think it's like, maybe it could be the golf hat of the summer. It's, it's just a plain denim cap with like a serif font on it. And I think it's like the simplicity at its finest and something you can wear like on the street and it's going to get a look. And, um, I don't see a lot of denim hats on the golf course. So I think it's something that could like, you know, maybe shine the summer for them. So I'm excited about that brand. So Jane Golf, okay. Any other brands? Yeah, definitely, dude. I could I could do this all night. Uh, there's a brand called. Let's do it, dude. Just just rattle them off, man. Uh, I'm excited about this brand called. Uh, Give us some game, dude. Give us Driveway game. Paradise is the brand. It's it's a guy. He's his name's Matt. He's making uh, clothing out of like algae and like making like sustainable clothing. Um, not specifically for golf, but that works for golf too. Uh, there's some like nylon going on. He's got some t-shirts that are like the softest t-shirts. Like I sleep in them almost every night. Um, and so that's golf at Jason. I think that's like, um, something you can look into for, you know, some of your more casual, casual fits. I think if you're going to go on the more like formal side, you can't go wrong going back to like the, the tried and true classic menswear places like Ralph Lauren and, and Todd Snyder. Um, especially some of the collaborations between Todd Snyder and Fitjoy. Um, almost everything they made has been like so wearable and so exciting. Um, you know, you can even go back to places that you get your like everyday essentials from like Uniqlo and Everlane. You mentioned Lululemon. Um, I mentioned Brooks brothers, uh, J crew has a ton of clothing that, that works for golf and that you're going to maybe buy anyway. If you're, you know, a lot of people shop at J crew. Um, we talked about Malvin. Um, everybody talks about Metalwood and for good reason, I think, um, I was talking to my wife tonight about that brand and she was asking me about it. And I said, you know, it's, it's really the first, if you want to call Metalwood a golf brand, um, which I would just call it like a menswear brand, but it's the first golf adjacent brand, um, that really broke through into like the cool guy fashion world. So now it's straddling both of those lines and, you know, it's available in Dover street market, which is like the coolest of cool places to shop, um, for clothing. So uh, that's definitely a brand like, you know, number one to check out if you're looking for something that's like really unique and cool and has a great story. It. Yeah. I've heard of them, but I've never actually like looked into them and I've seen their caps and like that font is pretty distinct. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a New York based brand as no, well. No, no, they're, they have a, a brick and mortar, um, uh, in La Brea in LA. Oh, in LA. Okay. Yeah. Um, another brand, uh, two other brands I want to shout out cause they're, they're doing great work. Students golf, um, a ton of available, like so many garments to choose from and all of the storytelling that, um, the founder Michael does behind the garments are, are incredible. Like, uh, if you check out studentsgolf.com, you'll see like all of his t-shirts, his graphic tees have like fonts and, uh, typography and, and copy all over them that really like talk about 
golf nuances that you'll get right away if you're a golf person. Um, and he creates like unique silhouettes and cuts that are proprietary to this brand that, you know, make for like really unique garments that like are identifiable out there. Like you said, you notice the Metalwood logo. You think that's like distinctive. Um, students has like, not just like branding, but cuts of clothing that is distinctive. And then another one is Eastside Golf, um, which I think made like last year the best golf collab shoe ever. They all they have like all those collab. How does that work when a brand is a collab with uh with like Jordan and stuff? Like- there are a lot of different ways that can work, and it's it's all about like what kind of incentive each one is looking for. But um, you know, I talked to someone at Footjoy recently about like the collaborations that they do with like Metalwood and and Bashemi and um, Todd Snyder, and you know, they're just looking for people that want to tell an authentic golf story with them. So like Todd Snyder, the guy, not just the brand, like Todd Snyder is a golf guy. So that makes FootJoy excited to actually want to collaborate with them. Like obviously Cole Meadowood is a golf guy. Um, uh, Buscemi is a golf guy. Like they love to play golf. DJ Khaled is a golf guy and like him wearing Jordans on the golf course. It makes like so much sense. Um, I forget where I was even going with that. What were you talking about? No, we're just talking about I mean the collaboration. Oh, how the collaborations like work. How yeah. that kind of comes together. Yeah. Because you're starting to see all these collabs, you know, like the Jordans, the East Side Golf. I mean, they'll have their little logo on the tongues. Like I'm just interested as like a consumer to see these collaborations take place. You wouldn't maybe think of these two brands coming together, but it's badass, dude. Like yeah. one that comes to mind is like I really want that Nocta green, like baseball piece that to me is like so the shirt the sick. uh like the, these just the collaboration you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah i have that the, to um, me is like over shirt. Dude, I, I would wear that with like some brown yeah some brown i don't know pants and i don't know what kind of shoe probably some air force or the the jordan one lows like that would be such a fit i wore you know? that on my uh bachelor party actually we went up into the poconos and played golf and i wore that with some topo designs pants this like kind of like uh outerwear like hiking outdoorsy kind of brand topo um that have like a fleece panels on them and they're they're nylon otherwise and i wore todd snyder foot joy um collab shoes that was like i don't usually like flex on the golf course i try to keep things pretty subtle (laughs) it was my bachelor party and like all my college buddies were coming out so i was like i'll flex a little bit yeah, dude, you shouted out student brand or student golf, and they they sponsor my buddy or one of my buddies just did a post with them, and like they're like you had mentioned the the cuts, but they have this pair of pants. It's like this nylon pair of pants that I really want. I don't know if you've seen those yes. with like student down the leg. Yes, I own two those pairs of those, um, and I wear those pants like yeah. all the time, not just for golf, like all the time. They're like the best sweatpants. They're actually the secret to their like awesomeness is this lining lining that's inside of them. Um, that make them like so cozy, but I never get too, too hot in them. Like I haven't worn them on like a hot summer day, but on like a spring day to play golf in, they're absolutely perfect. I, they're, I think they're called the rider pant. I forget what the name of them are. Yeah. They um, were sold out when I looked, dude. I mean, they're oh, really? super popular. Yeah, right? That's partly my yeah. fault. I bought a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So when you think about like brand and storytelling, I know that's a big part of like what you do from a creativity, like consultant perspective so like when you work with a client that's maybe newer or trying to find their voice like what kind of advice could you give to them to help them you know create a brand or you know start thinking about creating a brand that can last a long time and that is like influential and that can you know stay around for a while like what are some things you guys talk about i would just say don't fake it you know why are you here what why is your brand why does your brand exist? What is the like significance that it's going to stand for in, in this ecosystem? Right. Um, and that, and when we talk about authenticity and storytelling, that's comes down even to like your photo shoots and the models that you're choosing. Like, have they swung a golf club before? Mm-hmm. Um, if they haven't, maybe you need to put that in the casting call and make sure that you have people that look like they've played before because I don't know, Daniel, if you see some ads for golf clothing and like someone's taking a full swing with a putter, like as a golf person, are you really going to take that seriously? Are you going to think that that's like a fashion brand trying to, you know, colonize 
the golf space? Like, which are yeah. those? What's for sure? It just is not authentic at all. I would literally right. like change the channel or like swipe up to the next reel. Exactly. You know what I mean, like, but if you saw someone that like had a great like at the top of like an incredible backswing with the right club, and you're like, wow, like, well, she actually knows. Like, I can tell she that's that person's swinging club uh, the right way. Like, that's a golfer. You might not you might stop in your scroll for like a half more second. And that's, that's all you need really in, in social. So I would say like, and, and my buddy Christian Hafer talks a lot about this on Instagram. If you ever look at his stories, um, he's a photographer and a creative and uh, he gets uh, like, you know, a little frustrated about it. And it's funny. Um, and I've talked to him a little about it in the DMS, but it's, it's just, I think it's the number one piece of advice. Just make sure that what you're doing, like actually looks like uh, at least that, um, it comes from an authentic point of view because see, people can see through it, especially because if you're a, a brand with a wider audience trying to get into golf, like golf's a, still a pretty like tight club. You know, everybody that that plays golf and and has been playing golf for a long time and has loved this game as long as like we have, um, they can spot a phony right away, just like you said. So I think it's it's super important to come from a place of authenticity. And if you can't find it, maybe, maybe it's not the right move to, to start the brand. It can't just be a financial like thing. Yeah, no, it's gotta be a passion. Right. And dude, that kind of reminds me of like this clip I heard from Steve Malbon. He was like, I'm just, I just want to make the coolest like piece of clothing. Like my goal isn't, all right, we got to sell X amount. It's like, how can I make something that my kids are going to think is cool? Because if they think it's cool, it's going to sell. So they don't necessarily think about their bottom line first. You know, they're thinking about creating a product that'll lead to the sales ultimately, which I think is interesting, you know? I think when you start from that place, it's always going to be successful. Or it's not, and you're going to learn a very valuable lesson from it, which is like, maybe maybe the timing wasn't right, you know? But at least you came from it from a truthful point of view. Um and that's why I, I talk about the first brand I mentioned, Public Drip, a lot because I, I think the clothing that he's making comes from a really authentic place of like what he's hoping to wear more of on the golf course, um, on the kinds of golf courses he likes to play. All right. So, what's next in men's fashion, dude? Like, where do you see it going? In men's fashion, I think that's a that question is way above my pay grade. Um, yeah. I, let me, can I, can I think about what's next in men's golf fashion? That's what I mean. Sorry. Oh. Men, that's what I meant, dude. Oh yeah. Men's golf. If fashion, we go, yeah. if we go narrow into golf, I'll, I can, I'll niche feel comfortable. Down, niche down. Yeah. Um, what's next? I'm going to try to think of something wild. Barefoot golf. Mm-hmm. Barefoot golf. No shoes, no shoes, dress code, no shoes required dress yeah. code. There's a, this actually, this, uh, quarter zip that I'm wearing is from a place called the big little nine. It's down in, uh, South Jersey in Cape May. Um, and it's the, this cool, like very warm and welcoming family friendly nine hole shorty, uh, all par threes. Um, and the owner will like go around in the cart and pull up and talk to people while they're teeing off. And then he'll kick his sandals off and get on there in his bare feet and hit a shot with them. And it's like that kind of place. And I think that like approachable golf, is like the next big wave in elite, like golf course trends. And I think that the more approachable golf courses that are out there, the more relaxing dress codes we're going to have. And so I think like personal style is really going to get eclectic and that's great. And we'll have more places where you can like wear, wear your slides and kick them off, you know, on the tee box. Um, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I've never actually done that not worn shoes on a golf, but I imagine it's like very grounding and it's like a spiritual experience because golf is already like that. Yeah. You got to touch grass say when man. you're grounded, you know, it's like meditative. Right. And I think it's good for the swing. Honestly, like if you're like, you know, right with the ball, right with the, where the tee is like, you're like, I don't know. I'm talking nonsense, but you know, if you're one with the earth, maybe it's, it's just, everything's going to yeah <laughs> smoke the green. Exactly. Yeah. No. Um, what else I thinking about, dude, I was just thinking about something. Oh yeah. Just talking about like how, like in fashion things come and go too. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think and I, that's actually a, a really cool thing to think about is like the, I think that the, 
the probably the most exciting era of professional golf in terms of what the guys were wearing was probably like the seventies. Um, and I think you're seeing a lot yeah. of those styles come back right now, not just in like uh, regular menswear at large, but in golf menswear. So like high waisted uh, pleated pants or something that you'll see out there with the foot joy broguing uh, saddle shoe. Yeah. Right. And like, that's like a classic, like seventies, like <laughs> disco. Hey, see me at the country club. Dude. Right. Right. And like the thick, the thick visor too. Like I'm thinking of Keith yes. Mitchell right now. Exactly. Like, that's the guy who comes to mind. Yeah. Cashmere Keith is wearing Sid Mashburn, which is uh, a legendary, uh, menswear designer. That's always just been somebody that was mm-hmm. kind of like fetishized by cool menswear guys. And, uh, always made really like kind of great clothing. You could, you could cross over for golf, but, now focusing and has like a golf shop almost and partners with, uh, mm-hmm. with Keith. And I think that's awesome to like scroll on a site like Sid Mashburn and see a polo. And then you hover over it and there's a little circle that says like, this is what Keith Mitchell wears. Like, that's awesome. That, yeah, that is like heaven for me that Sid Mashburn and Keith Mitchell have a, a partnership and a relationship. I like those pleated pants. I think those are pretty swaggy and like slept on. So do the, are there any other like recommendations for pleated pants? I want to bring that style back to it because I think it's cool. Like I said, in my mind, like when I think about my like my style and like how I want to develop my style, I want it to be like ranging. Like I want to have a gentleman look. I want to have athletic look. I want to have like a, a casual look, I guess. So like when I think about that gentleman bag, dude, and how I can get in that gentleman bag, I'm thinking of like the G4s. I'm thinking of the saddle shoes. I'm thinking of like, like that kind of style. So like, how, how can I, how can I look like that, dude? Like, what are some recommendations to get into that bag? Dude? If you want, if you want a pleated pant that still is like super lightweight and, and technical almost like flexible, but not stretchy Uniqlo and Adam Scott's new collection uh, has a pleated pant. And I have a pair of the Navy options and they're awesome. They're so lightweight, a great pleated summer pant. Um, otherwise, man, I would just find, look for a pleated pant anywhere that feels like it's not too heavy and that you think fits like your body, your silhouette well, and that you can, you know, swing in, uh, and it's going to work for golf. Bottom line. I mean, that's, that's, that's always been the case. When I, I grew up playing golf, I didn't wear like golf pants. I wore just the khakis that I wore to church, you know, to go play golf. It wasn't, there wasn't that kind of thing. And it's, that's never changed. Um, we just got, went through this long era of everything having to be made out of like really stretchy poly, you know, and finally there's a little bit more diversity. So you can build, you know, that spectrum, you can build that range of, of golf fits. That's not all the same stretchy polo and just different patterns and all the same stretchy pants and just different colors and all the same one type of shoe silhouette in different colors and the same hat. Everyone's got a Titleist hat. What is, is your have a college logo on the side or is yours red or is yours a flat brim, you know? Um, and I love Titleist and I have like eight Titleist hats. So that's no shade to them. Uh, Cause the OGs are still making a lot of cool stuff too. And when you mix the OGs with, with some of these new and upcoming brands, I think that's really where the magic starts to happen. Yeah. Like what are some collabs that come to mind when you think of that? Well, Jordan and Eastside Golf was an awesome one. Um, or you mean collabs that like styling mixes that you could put together? Well, I mean, like you were saying, kind of going along that road of like the OGs versus and, and like collabing with like the newer newer looks and newer brands. Yeah, I mean, like the Footjoy Metalwood collab shoe was a perfect example of that because they took kind of like a steezy snakeskin and slapped it on a classic Footjoy silhouette. So that's like all in one garment, but you could you know, you could pair those shoes. I'm trying to think of like a, a pant that's from a different vibe of that. Like, I don't know. I might do like a, a pleated pant or something with that, but then up top, like what if you tucked a t-shirt into that, like a graphic tee mm-hmm. and more like a trucker yeah. hat, you know, it's a little bit <laughs> of a high, low mix. Flex. It's a little, yeah, yeah it's, it's a little bit of a flex. It's like, you know, sleazy yeah. driving range pro from the seventies, but I think that's a vibe. You know, just smoking darts. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Yes. The old Kevin Costner. That's what Kevin Costner was like, was you wearing a white tank top tucked into like a baggy pair of khakis and tin cup at some point? <laughs> like or is that a Peter. different movie? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like imagine showing up at the golf course in that. I might, I might wear that 
next week to play, but put like a, a camp collar shirt over top of it. So it's not like too sleazy. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to play with that. Dude, so one of the collabs that I'm pretty excited for is just seeing like the Cactus Jack. And I, dude, I brought up the Air Jordan ones. The Cactus Jack, those are going to go crazy because I just love that silhouette. And then, you know, there was so much hype behind Cactus Jack and Travis Scott. I don't know if he's like playing now or what. Do you think you're going to be able I'm to get trying him? to get those. Probably not. I've only lucked out one time on the sneaker app, but it was like a pretty sick find. What'd dude. You get? It was like the Jordan, it was the fours, the Cactus Jack fours, those blue ones, oh, wow. the blue and red ones. Yeah. It was stupid. That's the first time I've ever gotten anything on the sneakers. And did you hold on to them? You still have them? I sold them. I made like 500 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) But it was cool, man. I love like the trading and flipping of stuff. I have a pair of uh, snakeskin fours that I got like eight years ago that I I used to wear like more regularly than I even should have. But you got a pair of snakeskin. The whole thing was was snakeskin. that's like really? a sporadic wear. I was wearing them to work like once a week. I needed to to back off, but I don't I don't wear those much anymore. They're just in the archive. Yeah, dude. So what's your sneaker rotation right now? Like on and off the golf course? Um, I've been wearing Adidas Gazelles off the course a lot, um, and then New Balance nine nineties always. Um, nine ninety V four is like my everyday sneaker. Um, New Balance nine ninety threes. Um, right now I'm wearing these. <laughs> In the house, I'm wearing these Suicoke sandals. I don't know if you've ever seen these before. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody says they look like hospital sandals. Those are hard, dude. I like Those them. are super modern. What is that? It's a, um, yeah, it's a Canadian brand, I believe. Um, but like Japanese-inspired okay. uh, style house sandals. Um, and then on the yeah. course, I'm wearing a lot of, a lot of foot joy. Um, I really love Adidas. Um, I think the Code Chaos is like a great, great, great golf shoe. Um, the first iteration I wore through the first one I had, um, the new duration is, is even more stable, I think than the first one. Uh, so I love the code chaos. Adidas is bringing back like all it's old, like Stan Smith's and superstars and Sambas and golf versions. Those all, they come in great colorways that you can style, um, in interesting ways. I think those are really great. Um, I haven't golfed in Jordans. That's something that like, I definitely yeah. like endorse, but I haven't, I haven't done yet. Yeah. Dude, you got to get a pair of them. I'm telling you, man. I think they're, I, they're I think I would like get the highs though, bucks not too. the lows. Oh really? Yeah. Cause I know they come in like a black and white colorway. I think they come in like the Chicago, like uh red and white ones yeah. too, but I don't know, dude. I'm, I like low top shoes, like on the golf course for sure. I just like to see a little bit of ankle. You know what I mean? It's just more of my style. That's what I was saying before. But I, I do think that a high top, like an AJ1 high with a wide leg, like black pleated trouser and like a knit polo tucked in, hat or no hat, maybe tour visor with that, that's a, that could be a really classy look. That's a little bit of like a punky sort of gentleman look that you could, you know, cross it over with. Dude, so how do you, like, how did you find your style? Like, what tips could you give to someone like who maybe who's a little bit younger, like not as like, you know maybe mature in their style, maybe not in Brooklyn. Like how did you find your style? Like how can people see that? Is it just kind of like getting inspired from the internet and seeing, yeah. you know, what other people are wearing and trying it out or I'm, I'm, I'm inspired every day by like people that I've been following for years and people that I'm, um, learning about every day. I mean, a guy that I work with really closely, uh, his name's Jonathan Evans. He's somebody that like, I knew about on the internet before I became colleagues and then very close friends with, you know, this is a guy that was at my wedding. Um, but I used to follow him on the internet before. Um, so like that's a, he is a huge influence on, on me. And like another guy we work with, Nick Sullivan, um, who's the creative director at, at Esquire, like followed him for years, like loved the way that he could just like put simple outfits together with like classic items, like, uh, a pair of raw denim jeans, like cuffed just the right way with like a worn pair of leather boots um, and a, and a button down denim shirt tucked in. Like he just does that better than anybody I've ever known. Um, there's a guy named Eugene Tong. that used to, uh, uh, he's worked in fashion for a long time. I don't know exactly what he's doing right now, but like his, the way that he used to have like flowy black and white silhouettes when he was being photographed in um, New York fashion week on, in street style, like, you know, that always really inspired me. So like, I guess I don't even, I wouldn't even know how to describe my personal style because I like, I can't keep my thoughts straight of like what I want to try and all these different, you know, 
trends that I want to engage in and see if it works. And, um, so I'm, I'm a little bit chameleonic in that way. And so I guess if, if I had to like turn that into advice, I would say like, just test, just try stuff out. Um, I don't really like the phrase, like I can't pull that off. Um, I think that like the underlying thing there is just like that you need to, um, give yourself, give yourself a chance, you know, uh, you're not giving yourself a chance to pull it off. Uh, and I encourage everybody to do that and try new things and, and whether we want to admit it or not, like feedback's important to us. I think we all care what other people think about us a little bit more than we'd like to admit. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of positive and negative reinforcement. So I've, I've worn things and, uh, been laughed at and I've worn things and gotten asked about them. And like those two things tell me like that might feed the thing that I need in my life is for like, you know, you asking me, you know, what my favorite pair of pleated golf pants is like makes me feel good, you know? So that's, that's, uh, that's why I still am so, you know, engaged in this world is because, um, I'm obsessed with this stuff. Oh yeah. Like when you think about goat designers in golf, you know, like who comes to mind or what comes to mind when you think of like, you know, the guys who maybe have been the maybe, maybe most revolutionary to change the game. I would say, Whoever was the first person to suggest that like a golf spike didn't need to be metal. <laughs> I don't know where that started when like soft spikes came around and like that style golf shoe. I think that really opened up like what we've been able to do now where like we create sneaker silhouettes that don't really even have additional spikes in them, but they're, they're gripped. Well, I think that's probably, I don't know who suggested that first, but like shout out to that person, whoever that was. Um, you know, Ralph Lauren is somebody that, that, you know, created an entire lifestyle. And I think golf fit into that lifestyle, you know, that multi-circle, you know, Venn diagram of the Ralph Lauren lifestyle. I think one of those circles is golf. Um, so I would definitely say him. Um, and people uh, call them polos. I mean, that's yeah. like first mover advantage. You think of like calling an Uber versus Lyft, right? I mean, it's literally called polo from Ralph, I'm assuming, right? Um, I wish I knew that that I wish I knew the exact answer to that, but I'm not sure. It might be just because of the sport of polo and it was like the shirt that you wear. But he definitely weaponized it, you know. For sure. What about dudes that like are sort of like pushing the way? Are there is there anyone on tour or or, or maybe even like on social media that you think are like kind of helping, you know, push the the fashion movement and golf forward? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them are the people that are behind these brands. So it's really cool to see the the cool dressers that are making the clothes for us to all try to be cool dressers. Um, but I would check out uh, a guy named Everyday Drew, uh, Drew Westfall. He's one of the three uh, hosts of Group Golf Therapy. Actually, all, all three of the hosts of Group Golf Therapy um, are, are great dressers, uh, Brad and Connor and Drew. Um, but Drew has always kind of... I saw you did an episode with him. Episode 44, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I researched for you. I've done a couple yeah. of things now uh, uh, with them. Those are those are close buds now. And, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with them in LA next week. But yeah, Bradford and, and Drew um, and Connor are all like stylish dudes. Uh, obviously, we, we talked about um, Stephen Malbun uh, and, and his brand. Like I think he's also uh, got some great style. And Cole um, from Metalwood. Um, I'm trying to think who else on tour. Uh, we mentioned Keith Mitchell. I want to shout out Harry Higgs. Um, I don't know where he's been lately, but like he does, he is a proponent of going fully unbuttoning every button on his polo. And I'm also a big proponent of that. Like go all the way down. Don't just, you know, don't do two buttons. Don't, you know, just let it rip. And he does that. And I'm proud of him for that. I think that's a, that's a, that's a flex. Yeah, dude. What are some icks then? We can we talk about an ick? Because dude, that's one of mine. Is just wearing like the like all buttons up. Like, what are you doing, dude? All the way up. I think there's a time and a place. Yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of a proper look. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's pretty posh. So if you're like at a really <laughs> like posh church, place in England, like yeah, maybe I don't know, yeah. um, golf church and maybe it's St Andrews. You can you can throw it all the way up. I don't. Let me think. Of, what what's an ick? Um. 
What about some of these? I mean, there's some crazy polo designs now. Because, I, again, when I think of my style, like, I'm still developing it. But one thing that I kind of see as, like, a cornerstone in me is, like, you had said, I like to wear a lot of, like, you know, I mean, obviously wearing this kind of crazy Grayson camo shirt right now. Or, or I like Grayson. Or I think Grayson does But I like to stuff. wear – oh, yeah, dude. Grayson, G4, uh I have some Iliac stuff, Lululemon. That's kind of like my my stuff or my style. Um, but I guess like when I think of my style, it's mostly like color block colors. But now there's like, you know, all of these like crazy golf brands out there. That, yeah, that I would say that's, to pop up. that's an ick probably like the like wild crazy polo culture that exists of like we're going to put transfusions and dildos and bananas and friggin what like pull pool toys like it's a little childish and the reason i and again like i'm not judging anybody for wearing it that's not that's not what i'm saying i just don't think it like is the right example i don't think that's the like positive reinforcement of in golf of like golf is changing the message that i'm trying to like shout from a megaphone that um golf's not just a guy in a weird crazy polo that like um, doesn't want you around, you know, golf's a welcoming place and a guy might not have a collar on his shirt at all. Um, so that's kind of the antithesis of that. So that, that's kind of my beef with those types of shirts. They're all over the place now, but all right, we're coming up on the hour mark, man. One thing that I wish you would do is like an outfit of the day or something to just give guys like inspiration. I think that'd be cool just to see outfit of the day. I don't know if you'd ever do that. I don't know how you could do. Oh, you want me to do it? Just like Like, ideas for outfits. Yeah, just like ideas, like curating like a closet or something. Like that'd be badass to see, dude. Do you know what I did one time? Perspective with your taste. If you look at, uh, I think I put it on my Instagram on my reels or something. Uh, One time I asked ChatGPT to style, like I said, make me a modern, stylish golf outfit or something, and it put together its look, and it was like exactly what you think it would be. It was all technical stuff. It made and looked like a PGA Tour pro. And then I recorded myself building my own version with like newer stuff next to it and put the two next to each other just to show like how I would have done it differently than the robots, just to show that like, you know, there's still some human uh, value here, (laughs) even though the AI is getting crazy. Dude, AI is crazy for sure. But I mean, that's definitely a part of it. All of this is like expressing yourself and like, you know, I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's like looking good. Wearing like something that makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel confident. And it's different for everyone. You know, like I picked up some new terms today. Technical, I think, means more of uh, you know, like you think of the standard PGA tour guy versus like someone that from Malbon catalog. Right? Yeah, like geared for performance first to make sure that the when your body's right. moving and sweating, that it's it's geared up for that. Um, not necessarily for style first. I guess. Right. A lot of lessons learned, dude. So closing thoughts and where can people contact you, man? Closing thoughts. Uh, if you step onto the tee box and you feel really happy about what you're wearing, then you've already won. It doesn't even matter what that is that you're wearing, but if you're stoked about it and you're smiling and you're going to have a great day on the golf course, don't think about anything I've said tonight or ever because uh, your happiness is, is number one. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram at Ben Boff. Uh, shoot me an email, Ben at Ben Boss.com. And uh, check out Esquire.com this summer. And uh, subscribe to the magazine. Keep print alive. We love it. Mm-hmm.